This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, joined as always by the man himself. It is Mr. Greg Crumpton, all the way from Florida. Greg, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy, I'm doing well. I'm uh, having a good morning. It's been fun around here. The sun is out, and uh, my wife and I were watching the news this morning, and I saw it's going to be 21 degrees in New York uh, on on uh, Christmas Day, or not Christmas Day, <laughs> Jesus, Easter, Easter. Wrong, and, um, wrong holiday. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. Cold weather still for a lot of people. So, how about you? How's the big tea? The big tea in Texas is wonderful. Um, it is nice and warm. I spent a few days in Denver recently, which was also lovely, um, but in a different way. You know, it's nice to, uh, you know, have some scenery and that sort of thing. Texas, very, very flat. Colorado, not like that. So uh, it was wonderful. It, so, uh, yeah, got a little change up, but things here are nice, man. You mean that day when you were trying to take vacation and I was calling you and bugging you? <laughs> that That trip. You could never bug me, Greg. It's uh, it's it's always it's it's always my pleasure. Uh, I hear you. Much I like Chick Fil A, but we have another fantastic guest to welcome on the podcast today. Joining us today is Rafik, and Rafik, I'm going to do my best at your last name, Galyanurov. Uh, Galyanurov uh, joins us today. He is uh, I, I mean, he's a managing partner at Baikal Mechanical. Rafik, correct all my pronunciation, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. No, you sound great. Every time you pronounce this is third time and you get better and better. Almost <laughs> sound like a native Russian speaking person. <laughs> I'm working on it. I, I watched yeah, a, I, I watched a lot of hockey growing up, you know, and lots of Russians play hockey. And so uh so you know, I'm I'm trying to channel my inner hockey fan here. There you go. Used to, used to. It wasn't much entertainment before. Used to a lot of hockey players, not anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, what's up, what's up with that? That sounds like a, t- a topic for another podcast. But, uh, but uh, Greg, tell us a little bit about Rafik, how you guys got to know each other, and uh, and what we're talking about here today. Well, he and his brothers run a very interesting company um, up in the greater New York City area, and um, they do some really cool things with mechanical fans, air handlers, cooling towers, all the stuff that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm watching this fella on LinkedIn and some of the really unique retrofits and, and repairs and replacements they're doing. And I had a trip planned to New York for another uh, another reason. And I'm like, I'm going to call Rafik up and see if we can hang out for an afternoon and let me learn more about their, their company and what they do and how they do it. Sure. So uh, we went up, uh, I think my wife and I were up, and uh, so I, I did my thing one day, and then the next day I'm like, I'm, on, I'm going to Brooklyn, I'm going to find this fellow. And uh, so I found him in a shop, and uh, we had just a great afternoon. He took me to a, a, one of the job sites where they were doing some work at that moment, and I uh, got to watch a little bit of how they do their business, and I met his two brothers, uh, but just solid people. And uh, so we've stayed in touch over the last few years. And uh, I thought, you know, we talk about relationships and business and what have you. And this was a purely business relationship that that I was, you know, uh, selfishly interested in because I thought maybe there's something there that we could utilize their service for. And um, so that's how we met. So that's my version of it. What's your version? What's real life versus Greg's old memory? 
No, it, it was always great. I mean, I, I very friendly oriented person. And uh, a lot of times I go to the job site for the bidding the jobs and the same people, the competitors, you know, they look at each other and hate each other. Don't even say hello. I'm very opposite, you know, different person. And I love always see new people that in industry and uh, as the Greg, you know, the realized probably by now that I'm all about new stuff. Nothing really scared us. We try experiment. Not all the projects we did it successful, but we learn and we ch- we not afraid to try different things. And uh, it's very honor for me to get this kind of feedbacks from you, Greg. Thank you so much. Well, you guys do a great job. So tell us a little bit about the company, how you formed it, why why you do what you do, and then how the the work that you've done for your customers tends to be. Uh, repeated. So once you get in with a campus or a school or a hospital, they really tend to like what you guys are doing. So how do you nurture that? And um, with your uh, Uzbekan back, uh, background, you know, how, how did, does that play a role in it? You know, are, are you, uh, do you think people view you as more open because of, of where you're from or does does your does that matter? You know, I I, I love your accent because I look at you as a big old Russian bear. So, um, but t- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'll start with the background. So we I've been here for twenty years. I've been doing different things. I worked in the bakery first, and uh, I actually like it. I love cooking, as I mentioned before. But what I did found that there was no really opportunity for me to grow as a person. So you come in the same place every day, same people. So I hate it. And my brother, I, we came with my parents, my sister, and my middle brother. And my middle brother at that time, he got the job with uh, one of the air conditioning service company. They used to do the duct work. And uh, so he, every time at nighttime, we met home and we, you know, tell each other how the day, day pass and all the, you know, what we've been doing. And I, it, for me, it's always was, you know, like, uh, I, I loved the story my brother used to tell me. He'd go different boroughs, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, and I just loved it, you know. And that time, it was 20 years ago, I got paid $600 cash, and it, it was great money in the bakery. So I, I decided to go work with my brother for $8 check, which is, was like 20, two, it's clean, was $240. So I cut more than half my salary to try something different. And uh, if you ask, if anybody asks, do I regret? Absolutely not. You know, so the way my philosophy is, you know, if you want to do some time step up, you have to do one step down in order to do that step, another step up. <laughs> it, it sure sounds like you made a good choice there. As you said, you know, you felt like you were kind of at a, a, a a place where you couldn't grow uh, as a person and or as a baker, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, our industry, you know, and we talk about it a lot, is really open for growth and opportunities and entrepreneurs. And it just has a lot of, of flexibility. So I'm glad that I'm glad you came over to the uh, dark side with us. Yes, thank you. So I've been working there for four years and I learned everything about the duck work. And, uh, and then again, I realized that it's no more growth for me. So, and we did work uh, one of the New York Presbyterian, one of the largest hospital in New York City. And uh, one of the HVC manager, he loved me. So he gave me the job. 
So I quit my old company and I start working in the hospital. So uh, I've been doing the duct work before. Now I start working in, uh, as a service technician in the engineering department. So I learned a lot of stuff about pneumatics in general, a lot of stuff about the controls. I used to rebuild the motors, belts, bearings. I done all. You know, I did experiment and uh, I did a lot of different things. And after working in the hospital for one year, I realized that I learned most of it. So, and uh, for me, I need to learn something new. So I went in the college. <laughs> that's when my, my when my college life started. That was uh, that's when I start appreciate time. You know, before yeah. you just young, ambitious. You never appreciate time when you work full time and you go in college full time. It was tough time for me. Well, what did you study when you went to school? I, I first, I actually spent, uh, believe it or not, a year for, uh, so basically I take the placement test and uh, so I pass everything except the English. So they tell me that, you know, I have to take, uh, I could take other classes besides the English, but uh, I still have to take ASL, which is English second language class, which just took like six credit and uh, it's take half. So I realized that that's not the way I want to do it. So I decided to just take it English second language for a year. And then obviously I took a test, I passed and I started studying engineering science. Gotcha. And your brother's also a mechanical engineer, right? You know, my middle brother is, I personally, I think he's one of the best, you know, mechanical, he's not educated in the United States. He doesn't have a degree. But the structurally, my God, I mean, the guy is amazing. He's, uh, I think personally, I think he's one of the best engineers that I ever knew. He is, is great with the measuring stuff, the way that he visualizing, you know, in his like everything in his head is a 3D. Even though I, I am a mechanical engineer, I don't see the way he sees. It's just something that you have to be born with. We'll, we'll come back to this point, but I, I totally get it because having met him and then having gone out to the job sites and watched what you guys do, uh, it, I totally agree with you. Um, all right. So, you and by the way, your English is good. So, you, you, you must have uh, studied well. So, thank right. you. <laughs> so, so you're in school and, and you're studying mechanical engineering and then walk it, keep going with that. That's a great story. So, and then the, the time came, my two brothers, they, they, you know, it was the time for them to move and they decided to open a company and I say, why not? I'll support you guys. So they, they we started the company, GRR Cooling. And uh, then the year after my brother, middle brother had a health issue. So he had to leave the company and that's when I resigned. So I resigned the hospital job and the, the people love me. I mean, the director of engineering, everybody loved me so much. They didn't want to, I never forget, you know, when I actually, it's funny stories. So the first time when the, uh, so the guy, the person at HVC manager who hired me, he was from Ireland originally. So he loved me. He was an old guy. Back then he was like 60 years old. He loved me. And he knew that I don't know a lot about pneumatics and you know, in general about the control system, BMS. So he said, uh, you know, I, so I have to first go to HR the interview with them but the second step i have to interview with assistant director so and uh so charlie told me you know when you go if he asks you something that you don't know just don't say you don't know just tell him english problem <laughs> so, 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 no yeah, yeah so what happened that you know he asked me something about pneumatic like reverse acting direct acting thermostats you know something like that and i had no clue i used to do duck work and i did say the english problem so the guy was laughing he knew that 
you know, he already knew it, it just was the, you know, official thing, you know, they already knew that they're going to hire me. So yeah, I worked had to go through the process. Yeah. The, so all the four years that I worked five years, I worked there every time I see this guy, Jerry in, in the hallways, he's always English problem. <laughs> <laughs> and he was it, it was <laughs> amazing time you know i actually they throw the piano in the hospital the in the garbage so i in my free time i stay after work i i like to play piano i'm self you know taught i'm not like professional piano player but you know every time I, he used to come jerry he asked me to play for him on the piano but he, he was old. Yeah, he was old generation too. He's he's in Florida now. I don't know if he life. Hopefully, he's still life. But he's probably in the eighties. Well, that that's proof right there. What what we always talk about on this show is that those relationships that that get you started tend to stay with you for your whole career. And here you are, you know, twenty some odd years later, talking about this fellow and how he helped guide you and. Uh, this, the, the, the memories that you have of, of working there and working with those guys. So, all right. So you're in, you're in the hospital. Uh, I won't say lying, but uh, using your skills to get around the technical question. You get hired. You work there. Then what happens? You, you kind of figure out, hey, there's something here that I could do on my own? Or how, how did that come about? Well, you know, in general, sometimes, you know, in these big places, the, you know, talented people get lost. Because uh, every time when you work around a lot of people and you try to do like I used to go different courses while I was working in the hospital. I went the carrier, the classes for one week. I went and the directors, higher management always support me for it. But the most of the guys in the shop, they they're jealous, you know, they don't want to do nothing. So that that kind of to force me to go in the college. So that's why I went in the college and uh so when the time came, like I said, with my mid, my two brothers, my middle brother leave, and uh, only my big brother left. And my big brother said, oh, all right. So we, we had a little meeting. He said, he got a good job. You got a good job. He said, I will find the job too and forget about the, you know, the, the dream. So I said, don't worry. I'll quit the job. And I did. I quit the job. I put a two weeks notice I'm leaving. And that's how it's, everything starts with the GRR. That's like the that's the American dream right there, buddy. I believe you've just lived it. So you made it. You made it over. So you guys start GRR. And didn't you tell me that's the initials of the three sons or your dad's initials or what? What, what is the GRR? Yeah, the G is there. Stand for my last name, Galyanurov. <laughs> and uh, my, my then R. Mastered. Well, yes. <laughs> I, I can't quite That's do it like that, word. but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, we'll go with uh, Rafik's uh, pronunciation there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, my first name, if you say in Russian, is say Rafik. It's not Rafik; it's Rafik, but it's okay. Whew. You can call me Jimmy. I have a story about that too, but I'll tell the later. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that uh, so the, the first letter G, it's my last name. It's our last name. The second is a uh, second is uh, my personal name, and my dad is a uh, my dad name is start with R as well. Okay, okay, I remember yeah. there was some family tie, and I couldn't remember exactly what you told me. So, all right, so how did you guys start uh, on the equipment side? Because that's what I grew to know you as. So when we start, we we actually start as a most of the companies with a small uh, jobs, mostly dock work, insulation, and then slowly we start, 
you know, work with the general contractors. And uh, I mean, the working with the general contractors in the most cases is a slavery. It's, yeah. uh, you know, they give you consistent work, but they, you know, they have a, everybody knows they have a lot of subcontractors. So when you get the job with the general contractors, it's not for me, it's not always where happiness, you know, sometimes it's the first thing that come in my mind that where I'm un- underestimate. So yeah. because <laughs> this, they don't care about the, I mean, I cannot generalize, but most of the general contractors, they're all about the numbers. Yeah. And, more, uh, pro- more price sensitive for sure. So, and the, we start, you know, and the, we realize this is not the way we want to develop it because we don't really see a lot of, you know, growing potential. Like you always work, you rely on someone and then they don't pay you in the time. And it was very difficult and they control you. A lot of paperwork. And the, so we start work directly with the hospitals, universities, did the, like a service work, anything leaking, little duct work, little diffuser. That's how slowly we develop to equipment side. So when we start to uh, change the equipment, replacing, like change the coils, air handle units, exhaust fans, and the way, what we really, me personally, what I don't like it, like, for example, variable frequency drives, right, VFDs. The problem is, in New York, ABB, we only have a one rep that do startup. And they, they only have a mechanical technology, like five or ten guys in all New York and the New Jersey. So you cannot do yourself startup. If any problems, you got to rely on them. So that's why I didn't really like that. Same thing with equipment. So you Now you pay someone to come, they, they sell you equipment, and a lot of times something is wrong, you will never get the answer. And the quality, I mean, I cannot say some of the manufacturers good quality, but some of them were poor quality, and the, the lead times, and you never get the right answers. And we had a lot of issues. That's why we said, you know what? It's a start to develop our own manufacturing so we can, you know, build a better quality and have a more control, the lead time and everything else. That's a great point because you kind of feel like you can put yourself in in driving your own destiny as opposed to be at the mercy of other people's scheduling. So I I totally get that. So I flip back over to your brother's vision. Um, because some of the jobs, and th- this all goes t- ties into the equipment side, but the way that, that you guys configure and reconfigure fans especially always baffles me. Like, how did, how did that vision come about to be able to, you know, see that fan going in and modifying the ductwork or what have you. It's just a really neat gift, and, and the, the results look really cool. And, Tyler, their products are really like a Richard Petty blue. They're a vivid blue. I like so that. When, when you see the product installed, you know, and a lot of times it's in an older building because it's a retrofit or replacement, it really pops. Like, you know how, you know how sometimes – people do a black and white photo and then they'll just color one object in there. Mm-hmm. It, it almost looks like that because of everything around it being older and grayer. And then bam, you got this big blue piece in there. It's really cool looking Sweet. stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It's make me believe it or not. I'm uh, probably one of the person out of our, us three partners. Every time I go on the roof, I see our blue fans. That's what makes me really happy. I always smile. I love it. Well, it's, how did you guys settle on that color? I mean, what, what made you decide to be that unique with your color? 
I mean, the, the Baikal originally, and uh, you know, a lot of people ask me why we call that name, because we thought it would be different than train, carrier, and all this, and uh, it was the part of the something is a rush. It's a beautiful lake. It's I think it's in the top 10, the largest lakes in the world, and it's a beautiful lake, and, uh, and a lake blue color, so that's how we choose the blue. <laughs> Well, it's a great, a great color. And, and, you know, a lot of things, if you think about it, you know, Coca-Cola red or Ford blue, you know, you have these images in your head that mm-hmm. are branded that you don't even have to think about. So now when I see a blue fan in a picture on the Internet, I pretty well know <coughs> whose it is. So you've done a good job with that piece of it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so on, on the topic of customers and repeat customers, um, how do you guys typically, you know, get started with a customer? Word of mouth, or, or are you out hunting? How, how do you get started to say, just give us an opportunity? What's your tactic? In the beginning, it was hard. I mean, the one place at St. John's University, we, we, we do a lot of work in the Queens, St. John's University. We just walk, knock the door, and uh, we've been working with them five years now. So the hardest part, as you probably know, I know how to sell it. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Very passionate cell engineer. I love, I love, I mean, I believe what we do. I love what we do. That's why for me, it's easy to sell it, but it's hard, you know, just walk in the door and knock the door and not many people want to open the door, but, you know, so the, in New York, it's also the, a lot of places people jump from one place to another place. That's how, you know, we start getting in a lot of different places. And we've been working some clients like 12 years now. It's consistent. Every year, every year, any problems they have, they just call us related to HVAC. Well, that that's certainly uh, where we all strive to be. You know, if you're getting that repeat work and, and your performance shows it time and time again. So, well, tell, tell us about the uh, the plans. You know, what what are you guys looking at going forward? And and another topic that I, I was thinking about this morning, knowing that we were going to talk today, was has the the COVID nineteen pandemic impacted your work in a positive way or negative? With IAQ being so popular right now. No, I mean, we we always have work. We're always busy. Regardless anything happened in the world, we are like 911. So if anybody have emergency, anybody. So we not really only offer. So I always, people tell me sometimes, you know, what makes you different? And I always tell them the one thing that make us different. There's a lot of companies there offer service, such as engineers. There's a lot of companies offer your installation service, like a mechanical contractors. There's a lot of manufacturers offer you the product. Call me the company that can offer all of this in one hand. I don't know. Maybe there are companies like that. So we we understand every every step. We have engineers working. We design everything in the house. We spend a lot of times in the hospitals to study. Like for example. Brooklyn Hospital here. So they had a problem with the, one of the labs. They don't pass it, the lab for the negative pressure. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar. So certain labs have to be positive pressure. If anything clean, they store the clean. So the the, the pressure between the the room and the hallway have to be positive, meaning from right, the room, yeah. air have to blow to the hallway. And if it's negative, it's opposite way, right? So right. they failed. So they call us, the inspect- inspectors tell them they come back in two weeks, three weeks to, you know, retest it. If they, they fail, they give them fine or whatever, they shut them down, that lab. 
So they call us. We come. We spend two days to study, do the survey. We we tell the the client what they need to be get done, and uh, we did it. The inspection came. They passed it. No problem. The lab is open. So this is yeah. what we do. We spend a lot of time. We understand existing conditions. We're not like a lot of manufacturers build equipment. They don't know what the conditions they they sending equipment. They don't know nothing about. We know right. everything because this is that's what we do for a living. Well, that that's a, a great little uh, niche market to have. So, you know, we my company and, and the people I work with, uh, we we've been really really busy uh, around the indoor air quality right now with COVID and people trying to figure out, okay, how do we make sure our building is safe and clean, and how do we keep it that way on an ongoing basis? So. I was just curious if you guys were if you were hearing more and more of that uh, from your customers, or exactly how you were helping them on that IAQ front. Hospitals, they, I mean, a lot of filtration now. They recommend certain, you know, the you know MRV on the filtration. I mean, mostly the hospitals, universities, they already had this MRV, so they don't really. We did that. We built the the Baikal actually did good, you know, the, during the pandemic time because we designed the different HEPA filters and we start solemn. We start yeah. with the, the HEPA filter goes in the window and it makes room negative. Then we slowly the, develop the portable HEPA filter and now we have a ceiling, you know, HEPA filters. We have a wall-mounted HEPA filters. So we developed a lot of different things, but it was amazing to get anything, you know, any most of the, unfortunately, the currently in the United States, not many great manufacturers build a good product, like motor-related, like blower-related. Hopefully, that will change. But as of now, the Germany, they number one. So for us to get any of these components and the parts, it was really, really hard. We pay for the one time, we pay for the one pallet, which has had a 200 small AC blowers for the HEPA filters. So normally, we pay like 1000 or $2,000 for the pallet that shipped from Germany during the pandemic time, we pay $17,000, 17,000. And we couldn't get it. You know, we couldn't get it because a lot of the, you know, like all these customs and the airports, they were shut down too. So we did a big mistake. You know, we, we, the headquarter of the manufacturer is in North Carolina. So we want to save this couple days, the transit that go from GFK to North Carolina and uh, so we we decided to just get directly from GFK, you know, and uh, it was bad move, very bad move because it's, it was mess, mess. It, we 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 pay so much money. We've been waiting two weeks to get out of the airport. Yeah, that that's uh, then we have the Suez Canal, so there's a whole other thing there. But no, I, I get that, and uh, you know, you're trying to keep your business going, and then you get a seventeen dollar gouge or seventeen thousand dollar gouge. It's, it's incredible. Um, so I know you guys uh, also utilize some needlepoint bipolar ionization uh, from uh, GPS, Global Plasma Solutions. How did you guys come up with the idea of using that? And was that something that you already had a relationship with? Or how, how, did, that, how did that work out to use the GPS product? Uh, we tried to be different. Everybody offer UV lights. UV lights have been uh, around a long time. I mean, the, you probably know they start with the water and the slowly they got to the air. And the UV light work, but the biggest the problem that I see with the UV lights is uh, it's a maintenance. You know, there's a lot of times, a lot of places I go, I see they have them, but they're not working. 
because the light burned out, the ballast burned out, and never nobody bothered to change it. That's right. why the bipolar, we figure it's, it's uh, number one, it's much safer. It's the, because the UV light hurt the eyes. There's a lot of different things involved. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people, they, so today, the, the reason we came out with all this direct drive technology is because we see the big loss in the industry, the young generation. And uh, so there's a mostly the young generation, not mostly, but as far as I see it, today is a young generation. They not like 20 years ago that had ability and they want to learn how to adjust the belt, how to do different things. Today is a it's 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 a, as far as I can see it, it's a big problem. You guys probably aware that, and that's the reason I like GPS because it's a free maintenance and it's great overall. It's a great technology. Yeah, are a lot of people opting for that? Um, or is that a big part of what you're you're installing now? No, unfortunately not. You know, uh, you know, this technology is a great, but to compare the to UV light, it's number one. You have to convince the people what the difference is. Number two is the price. It's, uh, I mean, the the prices are still kind of high. That's why for us, it's very hard to convince the people because you know the the, the 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 UV light with the ballast with the bracket it costs fifty dollars seventy dollars and GPS costs much more than that I'm talking about smaller application so that's why the the price factor is a big factor as far as we can see it yeah I, I think that indoor air quality and and kind of goes back into how, how quickly people are going to return to their offices and their schools and what have you and there's a certain uh, a certain group of people who think you know uh, needlepoint's the only way to go. Some people think UV's the only way to go, but I, I don't think there's one great you know. There's not one thing that cures the problem. It's a combination of things and what work for that area. So interesting of how that's playing out for you guys. So what what's next for the company? Are you are you you know are you looking to grow or, or how are, how are you guys thinking looking forward the next couple of three years at, to be honest at this point we we kind of in a stagnant mo mode because we have a lot of problem to find the good guys today is it's it's the big problem big problem very hard to find the good workers and uh because of the pandemic it's we reduced the size grr cooling a little bit so now, you know, it still can kind of pick it up because a lot of the the hospitals, they're in a big debt, you know, because of during the pandemic, they just uh, dumped the money for everything. So right. now, you know, now they kind of slowing down. We still, we now we start picking up, but uh, at this point, we try to keep it the same way and see what's going to happen the next. So how are you guys, uh, you know, you mentioned the, trying to find, good workers, skilled workers. What what are you how are you going about that? Is are you just trying to find people that you know or people refer you to or how how are you going about trying to find those those individuals to join you? Because it is a growing problem. Um and and we talk about it here more than one time or we have talked about it more than one time of you know how to solve that gap, that skills gap. So what do what are you guys doing? Are you just trying to keep your ears open or, or what anything in particular uh my big brother involved more than in this you know so mostly we have in our company it's a russian people we do have a, some of the mix but mostly the russian because it's a, just a easier for 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 us because we are same mentality 
everything the same, it's just much easier for us. But we, we were had a lot of different consideration move, maybe possibly manufacture it to different state. But as of now, we just try to save, you know, how it is. We don't want to really do any big changes. Yeah, well, that makes sense right now. A little bit of uncertainty in the market for sure. Well, man, I'm going to tell you what, it's been a... Uh, it's been great to hear the story. Um, it, it's fascinating to me that you guys came over here uh, legally, did your did your stuff the right way, uh, and and have built a successful company. And just fun to hear it. You know, I, I love the the fact that you have these twenty year old relationships of how you got started and you know what what kind of kept you moving throughout your career and now now where you guys are you're looking you know to go to that next level and and figure it out from here like a lot of people are right now so tyler any thoughts on from your end of listening to this uh this story because it's really a cool you know it's like like i said earlier it's the uzbekistan american dream yeah no, I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed just sitting back and, and, and listening to this story without, without too, too much to add, honestly, because, uh, because what, what Rafik is, is, you know, detailing is, is you're right, an American dream type story. And it's, it's fantastic just to get to hear and hear about the perseverance and the way that they've, uh, they've built this company has been, has been really incredible. He also uh, apparently has some fantastic restaurant recommendations if you're ever in New York, which, uh, which I think people need to know about. Yeah, I mean, I think we should do a road trip and do the next one at his facility after we have lunch. So that's that's just what I'm thinking. I you think and, that's a great me. idea. I love it. Maybe get your boss, Tyler, to kick in a little cash for a little <laughs> per diem. So. I like that idea. No, no, I am, you know, I, I have a dream, you know, mostly I always tell the, that joke that, you know, mostly successful Russian business people, the first thing what they do, they get another girlfriend, you know, and I always say that, you know, I, when I'm going to be successful in the reach, I want to open a restaurant. I love it. I just, for me, people say, oh, why can you buy this meat already marinated, this and that? I say, no, you know, I, for me, that's the passion, you know, the same passion I built you know, for the immigrant came in America 20 years ago, hardly spoke English and didn't know anyone. Today is my equipment is in the biggest hospitals, universities. I it's the United States is a great it's a it's a great country with the full of opportunity. Yes, it's a hard work. Nobody really give you anything, but you have to be in the right time, right place to to get what you get. But it's it's a great country, and for me, that's what hopefully my dream. I want to have my own restaurant, and hopefully one day you guys will come, and I'll serve you. Well, I'll tell you, buddy. The restaurant sounds a hell of a lot better than another girlfriend. So um, <laughs> it, it'll probably cost you less in the long run, too. By the way, so well, you know, I, I just really appreciate the time. I, I've, I've enjoyed our time of, of t talking today, but more so our friendship over the last few years. And I uh, hope we can keep it going. Look forward to seeing you uh, when I get back up that way. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm proud for you. Likewise, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Greg, another uh, fantastic episode in the books, man. I, I loved, I loved this episode and getting to hear more about uh, Rafik's story, and uh, that was that was fantastic. Well, he and his brothers are are just they're just good people, Tyler. You know, you, when when you visit with people, you, you just get a vibe. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can just mm -hmm. tell people are are like genuine and and 
I don't know. It, it's, it was a very comforting and is a very comforting relationship. And although our worlds are so apart from a, a background and education and all that stuff, you know, our passion for the industry uh, still comes together. So really fun. Thank you for uh, coordinating everything. This has been a blast. This has been a blast. And, uh, you know, we have uh, more exciting episodes and more exciting conversations coming up. Um, but uh, but for this one, it's it's in the books. And so, uh, Greg, thanks for joining me once again for another fantastic episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. Well, thank you. It. Thank you. Hope you guys have a great Easter and uh, celebrate with your families a little bit or at least take a little bit of downtime and enjoy it. So until later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll be back soon with more episodes of Straight Outta Crumpton. But for this one, we'll talk to you again soon.